Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. Welcome to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. Jeff Lerner, always excited to be here, getting to have amazing conversations with amazing people and pretend that it's work. Uh, t- today, I am uh, joined by Dr. Ben Adkins, who is a former chiropractor turned online entrepreneur who specializes in showing small businesses how to grow using the internet. He's got a lot of expertise in social media, a very accomplished digital marketer, and I am stoked to have him on the show. Dr. Ben, welcome to Millionaire <laughs> Secrets. It's good to be here, man. It's funny how those those things, even if you're not, you know, doctoring anymore, sort of stick with you. And, you know, I'd still have patients reach out. And it's it's fun how all that sort of sticks around. Hey, you you earned that, man. No, yeah. you will not get disrespect from me. You'll be you're a doctor as far as I'm concerned. Well, I'll take it. I will take it all day. <laughs> and it's actually interesting. And I wonder what it is. So so you're actually the second chiropractor turned digital marketer that I've had on the show. Nice. Um, and I've had a couple um, no, I lied. You're the third. Ah, you're the nice. third. Yeah. There was, uh, sense. yeah. Yeah. A guy in New Zealand. And then, uh, I don't remember where, uh, Dr. Poole was, but yeah. So third. So I'm curious. I mean, is that just, uh, they say in, in statistics twice as a coincidence, three times as a trend. So is there something to it or is it just, uh, you know, statistical oh, I, anomaly? A hundred percent. There's something to it. It's, you know, if you go to, cause I, I, almost went the route of going to straight medical school too. Mm-hmm. And when you go to medical school, you, your aim is sort of to, you know, start off in a hospital and then maybe end up in like a private practice. But with chiropractic, there's always a aim at private practice. And so right. I think that field in general, there's a lot of school that goes with it, but that field in general tends to attract entrepreneurial type mm-hmm. mindsets anyway, Health, healthcare plus that. And so I, it's not hard for me to see the jump from that to this for that particular field. Yeah, that makes sense. And plus, I mean, I guess a, a couple other things. One, it's a, it's an industry of service. Yes. So on a, a lot of people end up being like, you know, they, they become consultants or some sort of teachers or something. So that's not surprising. And then also, and I know this is a comment that I heard from all of the, the chiropractors that, that I had on the show is that they, you know, because you immediately go into private practice, Suddenly you have a business, you have to learn how to market. Yeah, that's the uh, the real scary thing you wake up to on day one and they try to sort of prep you for it. But, you know, as we all know, actually being there, uh, it's 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 just like, oh, well, crap, we got to figure yeah. this out. So, well, and especially in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, yeah. I, I would be very surprised if they have really competent people in chiropractic institutions teaching advanced, or not even advanced, but just effective modern digital marketing yeah it's something that you know we completely didn't have and it's when right, i got right. out you know i realized the the power behind it and so i went all in but it's one of those things that yeah you know i think that you have a passion for this too it's really getting what we are good at into you know universities and it's and that's that's one of my things it's making sure that the kids coming out now that are becoming chiropractors are armed with those things and so that's that's definitely a focus of mine too as we move forward yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And this, you know, this is kind of speaks to a big part of the mission of, of my education business. I mean, you think about all of these skills.
there's like, oh, just, fi just figure it out. Like go join the local BNI group and go have lunch. Right. And it's, it's nuts. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I look back at what they kind of taught us to do to build a business. And, you know, it's the exact opposite of what we teach a lot of people now with the digital stuff. And right. so it's super important that, you know, and I, that's why I love your mission with what you're doing. It's super important that we get these things into the hands of people that are out there doing it. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, it's crazy, but I'm grateful for the opportunity. It's a huge gap and, you know, guys like us get to fill it. Right. But so, so did you, did you start your, your foray into, and, and I don't even necessarily love the term digital marketing. Cause I think it's more just like marketing, right? relationship marketing. It's, right. it's, a, it's bigger than just saying, Oh, it happens on the internet. Right. But, but whatever it is, did you start your, your ventures there based on growing your own chiropractic practice? Yeah. You know, I, I got into the office and um, I'd worked with, with a, another chiropractor for a few years. And then I decided it was time to go out on my own. And then you, you know, you wake up one day and realize that your first week in business, your accountant was the only one that showed up and you know, you have, you have the panic set in. And so my, my thing was, I didn't have a whole lot of money um, at the time. You know, we had enough to keep the lights on and to, to do what we needed to big way. And so I just, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, I just got out there and I started talking about things that were interesting to me that really didn't have anything to do with my business. Uh, I would talk about, you know, a local restaurant <laughs> that I'd been to that day. And it amazed me how just doing stupid stuff like that, people would start recognizing you out. And if they recognized you, then, you know, it, it was funny. I looked up one day and realized that down the list of you know, patients that we had coming in, when we asked the question, how'd you find us? They'd say, well, uh, so-and-so recommended me. And they said, you were amazing. And I would look back at that person and they weren't a patient. They had, they were Facebook friends. Huh. And I was like, huh. And so it started off very innocently. And it was just uh, me documenting my day as uh, I was in the chiropractic office, but really quickly it started to snowball. And, you know, when something's working, you put more time into it. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's where it really started. And that's, it sort of turned into this whole thing really, really fast as my practice blew up. So you, so you built, so you're not one of those guys that just was like, oh, Hey, I learned how to run a Facebook ad or I, I bought a course. So now I'm a, now I'm a consultant. Now I'm a coach. You actually scale the chiropractic business. Yeah. Scale the small business doing essentially what you now help others to do. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was like, you know, I didn't get into courses, teaching courses, because um, I was just like, well, this seems like a good way to make money. It was, right. I had a patient come in one day and was asking for some exercises. And so I showed them some stuff and they were like, that's cool. Uh, I'm not going to remember any of that. Uh, can you, do you have videos? And I was like, okay. So I started putting out videos and started putting those out. And not only did they pass those to other people, which came into the office then, mm -hmm. but it was something that like now, you know, that was that first four hour work week moment for me where I was like, I don't ever have to show anybody these exercises anymore. Right. No, so that it, it was very innocent and it was though no, I never had any aspirations to be anything other than a chiropractor because that was, that was my path. But it, it was amazing to me how quickly the things started coming in. And then, and then, you know, what really tipped it was, when my practice started exploding, I had other businesses that were like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, can you show us? And so I was like, I don't know how to grow a restaurant, but I'll try, I'll try to help you. And that started working. And so, you know, I had this age, the digital marketing agency before I even knew what that was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over time you just, 
build up enough experience that you're like, yeah, this has some legs. And so that's how it started for me, really just, you know, kind of haphazardly, but the things that we were doing worked. So when was this that you started to get those results? So we're talking probably around 2010, 2011 is yeah. when it really started to come into play. And then, you know, I, I had enough people at some point that were asking me for help that my wife in this, my wife was absolutely the catalyst for all this. She's like, you better get paid and you better be home. And my wife's like the coolest person in the world, but was very jokingly was like, you know, this, and I was like, you know, you're right. And I was like, how can I start getting this stuff out? And so me, you know, I started looking at, it, I was like, let's cut videos. Let's write things down, put them in PDFs. And I looked up one day, man, and realized that I had made more in a lunch hour selling a PDF than I'd made, was going to make the whole month as a chiropractor. And, you know, from 2011 to 2012, right after this started, that's when I was like, maybe you should do this part-time. Maybe you should teach the stuff that worked in this little town and it's worked for your friends. And that, and that's 2011, 2012. That's really, really started kicking for me. What you say little town, where, where was that? So I, I'm from a town called Pocahontas, Arkansas, and I, but I did not practice there. Like I practiced about an hour and away in uh, it's a town called Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And so I was sort of in this boot hill of Missouri and very conservative, very non-internet at the time. And I, and that's sort of what did it. I was like, if this is working so well here, hmm. um, you know, great people, but not the most technically savvy place at the time. But if this is working here, then something's happening something's happening around us and, and something's going to explode this market, this industry. And there are people in places other than here that are into this. And so that was the big revelation for me back in 2012. So what, you, you know, you mentioned that like, Oh, you just said, Oh, I ate, I ate at such and such restaurant and I had a great chalupa or whatever, but yeah. like, can you be a little more specific sure. and, and descriptive about like, what actually were you doing to grow your chiropractic business on? And it, was it initially Facebook? Sounds Yeah, like. it was Facebook was the start. And the thing that I noticed is what I got really annoyed with on Facebook was like this super inhuman. This is what we're doing in our business today. This is why the chiropractic adjustment is so great. I'd see other chiropractors trying to do that on Facebook. And I was like, right. I, don't, I don't care. And I'm a chiropractor. Like, <laughs> just don't care. But what I was fascinated with is there was these really fun people that I would meet in this town and, you know, I was interested in what they were doing. And it was, I mean, it was sort of stalkerish, I guess, in, in a way, but I was like, that's cool. You know, I like I eat there. What did they eat today? Cool. They would take a picture of it. Like the stuff that they tell you not to do on social media, I was fascinated with. And so what I would do is I'd show up at a restaurant and I'd take a picture of my food and comments would blow up. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. This is I mean, like, <laughs> You know, it's just so silly that anybody would be interested, but it was one of those things where people would be like, I haven't tried that yet. Is it good? And so I'd get a conversation started and we'd have this conversation on Facebook. And before you knew it, this part, one of the people that was in the thread would show up because they felt like they knew me. And so I had a strategy hundred percent. I still have a lot of this today where I don't really want to talk about my business mm -hmm. until you give me permission to talk about my business. And you can do that with opt into a list, all those things. I want to talk about the human stuff that I'm doing because I think that's a lot more interesting. And so by talking about where I ate and still to this day, the most popular posts I have on social media are food, you know, I guess it's just such a universal thing, but that's the thing. Once somebody starts to relate to me that way, you know, and that that's what happened. It turned into money. And 
over time, I, you know, you start to develop those patterns. And so that was the strategy always. It's like, where am I traveling this week? What event am I going to go to? Um, and do I have pictures from that? And then what food am I eating, you know, that, that I think is good. And when I started doing that, the attention was always there. People could always relate to me on a human level. And then they started asking the question, well, what do you do? And, you know, and then when I got into more of a full-time online marketer, it was, what are you doing that, Mm -hmm. you know, you get to go to all these places and eat, you know, and so it it was a very, it's always been a very basic strategy for me. But so I guess, you know, a lot of people kind of do a baby step towards what you're doing. Like they make a post about something. And then like, as soon as somebody's like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, How was it? They're like, it was great. It was the best carnitas I've ever had. By the way, did I, did you know I'm a chiropractor and I'm offering, you know, two for one adjustment special and comes and I'll fix your sciatica. They like, they puke. They can't stop themselves. Yeah. So did somebody tell you like, Hey, be just be discreet or be subtle. Or did you just kind of intuitively sense that was the way to go? It's always been a, a thing of, with me of like, what am I bored with or what, what repulses me? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is, I, I, you know, you don't want to turn into the things that repulse you and you don't want to turn the way you don't want to turn into the things that like you're not into. And, and I think that was always the thing is like, what am I the most interested in learning about other humans? Because here's the thing that my accountant, I signed up with my accountant because I was into him as a human. You know, mm-hmm. I, I go to these restaurants because I'm into somebody that had already posted there. Like, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where I just really started to understand when you pick a chiropractor, when you pick a doctor, when you pick somebody that's doing something that, you know, that's that important, it has very little to do in the beginning with how much they've educated you on how well they can do in their office. It has mm-hmm. everything to do with, do you trust them? Do they seem like the kind of human being that you're going to put that level of care, you know, you know, you're, I mean, you're really putting your life on the line with every doctor, with every outing that you do. And so the thing that I really started to figure out was it's all about, do I seem like an actual human? Um, And once I did that, it was just, it was just consistency and ritual. It was like, well, I'm going to go out to lunch today because it's a marketing thing. It's a marketing expense. It became something that really became a pattern and, and like was very careful in the post don't ever talk about what you do unless someone asks. And so, and suddenly all your lunches became write-offs, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which is a beautiful thing, right? Yeah, that's amazing. It reminds me of, of uh, you know, what Simon Sinek says in, in Start With Why about how people, the reason people do business with other people is they seek out people who believe what they believe. Yeah. Or they, they ideologically align with, you know, which is, it may seem silly, like, who the hell cares if your chiropractor voted for Trump or not? But if you voted for Trump, you probably want a chiropractor that voted for Trump. And if you didn't, you probably don't. And like, that's the way human nature is. And I, I probably should have picked a different example, but to, you know, put my finger on the hot stove, but, but you get my point. Right. And it's true. Like when people like they see how real and organic, and I love that you use the term human. Yeah. People talk about personal brand, or I'm reaching people or followers or customers or prospects. If you substitute all those words, replace them with the word human, it'll change the way you market. It'll change the way you show up in the world. I love that you said that. Yeah. And I agree. I, I, and I think that's it. It's like, you know, some of my early, I, you know, online marketing, digital marketing heroes, 
it had nothing to do with, I thought they were the smartest person out there. It was everything to do with the fact that I wanted to hang out with them. And right. I felt like, you know, and I, and I ended up buying from them because I felt that their level of knowledge was just ahead of mine. Not that it was ahead of everyone else's, just that it was ahead of mine. And so I think that's the thing is we are all attracted to people that we just want to hang out with. And then if they have a product that can make our lives better, we will find a way to do business with them. And that, mm. that simplicity, um, you know, has served me well. And I think it's, you know, it's served a lot of my friends really well over the years. And I'm sure you too. I mean, it's, you know, I get, you know, as I was like kind of digging into more of your stuff, I'm like, yeah, okay. This is a dude I'd hang out with. Absolutely. We're going to do this. So I think that's super important. Yeah. And it's, and at first I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Um, I, I do. It's, you know, listen, I was a selfish asshole for a lot of my life. <laughs> well, I we've was. all been there, right? We've all been there. Yeah. Because, you know, a survival is very selfish. Yeah. You know, when you're hungry, you have one thing on your mind and it's not feeding anybody else. Right. right. And, you know, you get, but, but truly, I mean, I think unless you're a sociopath or something, you, if you get to a point where your basic needs are met and you say, how, how can I keep expanding in this world? Well, do I want to expand like a fire that tor scorches everything and it's, it touches, or do I want to expand? Like, I don't know, a, angel's wings or something like you eventually it just becomes how can i serve yeah and, and, I, and, uh, and but it's also something that you kind of i mean and I, I mean this may sound like haughty to say but it's also something you can't fake yeah um well you know I'm, I'm a big on where do you get your confidence from right and you know i think that's such an important part of what we do as humans is where we get our confidence from and how we use mm -hmm. that confidence to sort of keep moving forward and so my, my thing has always been, you know, ritual. Uh, when I first started and I was hungry, my goal was in the timeline of my goal was my self focus. The problem with that is it actually it's a terrible way to set goals, um, unless you're really good at something already. But it also makes you do things that are out of desperation. And it and that's that's something that turns people away. When your goals are based on the ritual, like my like, like I said, with the ritual of posting where I ate that day, it just builds and it's, it's a more natural and organic yeah. way to actually do things. But, but you're right. Your mindset changes from when you're hungry to when your basic needs are met. And I think that's the thing, the quicker you can get to a point to where you're delivering things in a way that is human, but also based on just, this is my pattern. This is what I do every day. People can relate to that. And when you're, when you're just slipping in marketing messages to slip in marketing messages, you'll make some sales, but it's nowhere near what happens when you've got that confidence and you're just at that comfort level. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and there'll always be transactional sales. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they won't be lifelong relationships. They won't be based on trust or brand equity. They'll be based on the fact that you set a hook in the moment and got them over the line. And then that's probably the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it raises kind of an interesting philosophical question, what we're talking about, which is what comes first selflessness or success because there's a lot of people saying i'll be more selfless once i'm successful when the hardest pill for them to swallow would be you'll be more successful once you're more selfless because they're in that selfish survival state it's funny and it's and like i said it goes back to sort of this interesting place it's where are you the most attractive to to a potential prospect you're most attractive when you don't need them 
Yeah. You, you know, that's, and that's the thing is it's so all marketing is dating, right? Yeah. It's, it's a hundred percent dating. And I, that, you know, and I go back to that all the time. It's, you were the most attractive to someone else when you are outcome independent mm-hmm. and when you can really come into a situation and be independent of the outcome, that's when you can be the most selfless. Uh, that's when you can be the most attractive to someone, but uh, that's incredibly difficult. I think, especially when you're first starting out is to feel that way. I, you know, I go back to a story in the chiropractic office, one of my first patients that came through the door that wasn't my accountant. Uh, one of my first patients that actually came through the door was someone that, you know, I knew I could help. And uh, I gave sort of the, they, we did the exam, we did the spill. And when I was done, given the spill of, you know, what they needed to do. I was very confident in my diagnosis and my treatment plan. They decided not to move forward. And it was the most, one of the most important things that ever happened to me. And I, like I said, I will never forget this. And I had to sit there after they left because I wasn't super busy at that point. And I thought, what went wrong? And I went back to, you know, everything I went through and there was nothing really wrong with what I said, or, you know, I was being completely honest with, you know, what I presented them. The problem was, is there was still a little too much of, I need this in it. Mm. And, you know, so the next few patients that came in, I just had to really train myself as a chiropractor and also a salesperson because that's, it's, it's in everything. I really had to train myself. You got to just deliver this in a way that you don't need it, even though you do need it right now. Yeah. You have to deliver it that way. And so I think everybody can sort of train themselves that way. And it's important because the quicker you can get there, the easier sales become. Yeah, it's it's so hard because you know uh, service service will, in the modern world. I think in this relational selling world that we live in now, right. service will lead to sales, but service requires patience. <laughs> it does. And I don't mean patients like chiropractic patients. I mean right, right. You know, with a C, right? Um, so so yeah, so so I mean it is. When people talk about fake it till you make it, that's probably the one thing that you really do need to fake till you make is acting yeah. like you don't need sales when you do. Yeah. And you know, one of the <laughs> things I tell anybody that we train is you've got to be more focused on ritual and you've got to take your set of sense of accomplishment based on the ritual, meaning, did I make this many calls today? Did I show up at the gym at 5 a.m. today? Don't worry about the 20 pounds you got to lose right away. Don't worry about, I got to make my first sale. It's about, can you take confidence and can you take sort of a success? Oh, I did something today out mm-hmm. of accomplishing the ritual. And I think that's it. It's when I got to the chiropractic office to the point where I was like, every patient, this is the protocol. It doesn't matter if they sign up or not. This is the protocol. It's the protocol. It's the protocol. It's the protocol. It's what we're going to repeat every time. Of course, everybody's a little different. They have different stuff. But once I got to that point and I really understood the ritual of it and I felt accomplished because I had performed the ritual in a really good and honest way, that's when all the Facebook marketing started to hit too. And then people stuck around. And so that was the big shift for me was kind of going from a goal and a, here's why I've got to accomplish this goal. And here's my deadline for the goal to just being like, here's my goal. Here's why I've got to accomplish the goal. And I just need to do this daily to get there. And it will become inevitable. Now it may take me three months longer. It may take me a year or two years longer, but the, the whole fact of getting the ritual in place, that's what's going to make it happen. And so that was, that was the real game changer for me, both in the chiropractic office and with everything that came after was really understanding how to sort of reframe how I set goals and how I accomplish them. And it's funny, the level of selflessness that comes out of that, you're right. It's, it's makes you more human because you're not mm-hmm. so focused on the end. 
And I think that's the key. I, I love your focus on ritual. You know, one of the things in the in this relationship marketing world is that people are so, you know, everybody can can pop up so easily now. It's so you, know, you can you can get yourself into somebody's feed, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, pretty easily. But to be there consistently, day yeah. after day after day, people I think have intensified their radar for consistency as an antidote to frankly fakes and frauds and phonies. It's like you can you can fool people once, but if you fool somebody every day for a year, you're probably not really fooling. You probably have become that person, you know, because you did it every day for a year. We are what we repeatedly do, right? Excellence yeah. then is not a virtue, but a habit. So says Aristotle. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, and, you know, it's so true. It's honestly, it's one of the, again, another reason I started this, this uh, podcast, you know, there were guys that I, I did 10 episodes and I was like, look, go watch my show. I, it, the production is good. I'm a pretty good interviewer. Like, you know, and they were like, eh, come back to us. And, you know, now I'm at a, a episode 110 or something. Nice. And I'm starting to win a few people over, but I haven't won everyone over. Sure. So I'll go back to them at episode 200 and 500 and 1,000. And you know what I've never done on this show? I never sold anything. Right. And, and I think that's the interesting thing is it's like, you know, what, we, we've done podcasts with friends, um, you know, that I'll, I'll do an interview, but like, you know, when someone asks us sort of out of left field, like when you guys ask us, that was one of the key things. One of the key factors as to why we were like, yeah, we're doing that is because I had heard your name over and over again. Hmm. You know, I, we're, we're not immediately like sitting next to each other and what we do, but I was like, yeah, I know that name, like that, that name's popped up before. And then you go in and you do exactly that. You start checking stuff out and you're like, is this just a sales fest? Is this like a, what's the alter and like the motive when you actually go through your podcast is very genuine and it's genuine because of exactly that. It's more about what is the value that we bring without expecting anything in return. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that people with everything that we do with everything that I think you guys do. That's the big thing is it's just people see that you have a ritual, that you're doing something and you must be legit because of exactly what you said. The model of just being able to show up in a feed or getting on an email list, that's done. I mean, that's dying. Yeah, it really is. The real currency that we have now with what we do is consistency mm -hmm. and people being able to recognize that consistency because it's so easy to just be like, all right, let me see what else they've done. And they go to Google yeah. and if, they, if there's a body of work, then it's, then it's like, okay, I can probably trust this person more than the 800 other people that popped up in my feed today. Yeah. And, you know, speaking for myself, I'm sure you would agree with this. It's not easy. No. <laughs> and that's a good thing, a great because, it, thing because hard things have less competition. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the big thing that, you know, years ago, there were ways to sort of hack your way into it all. Um, now that, that was probably a bad thing. Yeah. The thing, the thing that's good now is, you really have to say, I'm dedicated. This is who I am. And I'm, you got to decide it and then you got to do it. And you're right. It's, it's something that absolutely, the, the hard part of it is what makes it valuable. And I think that that's, if more people would just be like, this is what I'm doing. I'm all in, win, lose or draw. We'd be in a much better place. And, and here's, I, I totally agree, but here's the thing. When you say we'd be in a much better place, we wouldn't just be in a much better place in terms of the digital marketing ecosystem. Right. We just live in a better world. Yeah. Because yeah. The most, what, what's that quote? Uh, oh, it's Pascal. Man's 
all of man's problems stem from his inability to just sit quietly in a room. Yeah. Which speaks to the need, the, the desire to not be bored. Yeah. Is actually the source of all man's problems. And you, but, but to just get in that consistent groove, not, it's not a rut. It's, it's, uh, it's architecting your best practice and living it every day over and over and over and over long enough for the law of compounding to work in your favor. That's not just going to help you get some leads for your business. It's going to make you a better person. It'll make you a better husband. It'll make you a better wife, a better son, a better parent, a better athlete, a better, you know, healthy liver, a better everything. Well, and I think, you know, a few years ago, and I, I think it was, uh, it was a retired Navy guy. He wrote a book about making your bed every day, right? And oh, yeah, that's that that general. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. He have a speech. I think I've seen. Yeah. And so I, I took that and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make my bed every day, but I can do something first thing. And so the thing that really, you know, one of the big moments in my life where things change is I was like, you know, what is something you hate doing that would be beneficial to you that you might enjoy if you could get there? And it was I just said, it seems really hard to get up and go to the gym every morning at 5am. And so I started doing it. And the yep. goal is not to do what I normally do when I go to the gym, which is to kill myself until I'm just dead tired and get the best workout possible. The goal, they used to laugh at me, man. I would go in at five, I'd be leaving by 525. And they're like, you're done. And I'm like, I am done. The whole point was the ritual. And what's funny is about three, four weeks into that, the pure value that I was getting in other parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where'd that come from? And then I, and then, you know, it connects what happened starting off my day that way was big. And I didn't, you know, I didn't notice that much on the scale for the first little bit, but the way people started interacting with me was different. And what was funny is, is I started gaining all this confidence just from the fact that I was going to the gym and, and I built confidence from the consistency of it. And that's, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's, you get confident because of the consistency, but also other people start to become more confident in you, which yeah. feeds the train even more. And I think that's that's a really interesting thing about exactly what we're talking about is everybody that's out there right now, it's saying, where do I want to be? What's the ritual that will get me there? And if I can get that implemented in my life, is it something that I'm going to enjoy enough that I could do it for a year? And if the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't start in the first place, yeah. you know, so... I love what you just said, because so many people go, okay, what's the change that's going to get me there? Yeah. It's, but, or what's the exercise or what's right. the course? No, yeah. what's the ritual? That is a, I'm stealing that one, man. That is oh, a great yeah. question. What is the ritual? Because frankly, any change worth making should be a change worth ritualizing. Yeah. Or else it's not worth making in the first place. But I think that's the thing is I think that we would all be a lot happier if we could say this, it's exactly coming off of that quote that you were talking about. It's what is the thing that I can just be and do that I will be happy doing? Not if I lose 20 pounds and I get six packs abs or I make a million dollars in the next three months. It's what can I do consistently that sure the result's going to be great, but that I'll actually enjoy the process or that it will make me a better person overall. And if you can say, I could literally do this for a year the things that will happen in that year will be insane. But what most of us do is we go for the goal and we don't get as far as we think we should in the amount of time that we thought we should get there. So we deviate the plan, which is basically 
what we call shiny object syndrome or, you know, retooling things. And then we drop it and we drop it. And then we start the pattern of dropping it because of that, or even worse, we actually get there. We actually nailed the goal in our head. And, and so the whole, you know, dopamine hit that we get in our brain is I actually got down to this weight. Right. Problem is, is where do you go from there? If that was it? If the ritual yeah. wasn't it, if that was it, then you drop it and then you end up in three months right back where you were. And so I think that's it. It's retooling, you know, and we're, what with our businesses, with our podcasts, with everything that we're doing to try to get, you know, leverage and to start to gain ground underneath us. It's more about that. And that's, that's what we get real focused on is what can we do that becomes a ritual and gets us to that spot rather than how to make a million dollars. And it's funny how that works. Well, I, I do. I will say this. I'm an early morning uh, gym goer too. And, you know, as we're recording this, obviously this will live probably, you know, I don't know, forever. That's a long time, but for a while on the internet, but at least right now in this moment, it's the first week of January. And uh, yeah, a lot of these people that maybe are telling themselves that they've created a new ritual are really crowding the gym right now. Yeah. So I'm excited for about six weeks to go by. So that, those dopamine hits don't uh, don't come as expected, and they start to flake out. And I'll be, you know, by March it'll be my good old empty gym again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know we we speak that language. So, <laughs> so one thing I got to ask, I mean, sure. and and just for context, I used to have a digital agency. Mm -hmm. I sold it uh, a little over two years ago, and we worked with small businesses not not so much on social media, but across their like their digital footprint and online presence, reputation, and stuff. But it's right. kind of the same thing I used to deal with, I'm guessing you deal with, which is a lot of business owners, they view this whole digital ecosystem, relational marketing world as like a, an annoyance or a, 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 it's like a, it's like a wound. They just want to stitch up. They're like, I know that my, my business is bleeding there. So let me patch it up and be done. And it's the opposite of what you're saying, which is actually creating new rituals that incorporate that as part of their daily doing of their business. So as a consultant who works with these guys and gals to be like, no, it's not something you just pay me to do. It's not something you just fix one time. You literally have to incorporate this thing into your life. Yeah. But a lot of them hate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that's because they understand oh. it, but they hate I, it. <laughs> I, I think that that comes from a, a place where you try as a business owner for a while to patch it yourself and everything is on your shoulders. So as an mm -hmm. agency, you know, in the agency that we run, half of what we do is how do we put systems in place to where you get to post when you want now, mm -hmm. you know, consistent, maybe once a week, but what you post is what you want. And it's not trying to hit a home run ball. It's just like, hey, I'm going to hit a single. And so a lot of what we do with, with businesses is we just make sure that every single day they've got two posts that go up on their Facebook page. Like that's a small example, but you get the idea. Right, right. Every single day we've got a computer posting something relevant to the page. And what happens is, is, you know, of course we could talk algorithm, all that good stuff. But the idea is the business owner now doesn't feel like it's all on their shoulders. So adding to the puzzle becomes something that's almost like, all right, this is kind of fun. Like I can, I can post something today. That's like what I ate and mm. it's not, everything's not dependent on this now. And I think that that's the big thing is, you know, it's hard to build rituals when, you know, there's so much riding on it. That's the other thing that's so crazy. It's much easier to build a ritual when you don't need the sale. 
right? And you don't need it to do all the work for you. And I think that that's a big thing is when you're doing this and you're building these rituals in, when you're doing it like from an agency standpoint, what we try to do is say, hey, listen, stop posting so much. That's what we're going to do for you. Post when you got something that's fun, whether it's you ate somewhere, you did something in town, do it then. People are going to love that, but we got your back up into that. And I think that that's, that's the other side is when you're building these rituals, what are the things that you can build into your life so that it's not all the weight of everything you have to accomplish is on those rituals, or at least you can trick yourself into that. Mm-hmm. And that helps a ton. And so like, I totally feel you because you're right. Most business owners are so burnt out because they tried something and it didn't work. And the amount of time they thought it should, that they do exactly that. They stop going to the gym, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the key. You know, you just, I don't know what it is about this conversation. I'm having all these like deep, realizations but you just said something that gave me another philosophical aha you tell which which is most you're right when the pressure is on we resist ritual we resist consistency because you think about most people's hobbies are rituals oh 100 like oh i bowl every every night or i i play poker twice a week or i you know i watch i watch football every sunday those are rituals yeah but there's no pressure no but then you go, well, well, I need you to be the, as consistent as you are with your bowling league at your job. And they go to, you know, and they're a scattered, you know, ADD dysfunctional mess who cannot be consistent and regimented because there's this pressure to perform. Exactly. And I'm wondering, what is that? I mean, you're a, maybe it's not the right type of doctor, but I'll ask you anyways, doctor. <laughs> what is it in human beings that, that correlates performance expectation with uh, lack of I guess, lack of routine for, for whatever reason. Well, I think that that's the thing is I think that we, we really build ourselves up as to, you know, potential. Like I, you know, I know my generation that we were all told um, you could be anything you want to be. And Mm -hmm. now it was said in a really good way. There was a lot of good intention behind that. But the problem is, is it does put a lot of pressure on you because what if you don't turn into something big? And so sometimes I think what happens is we get in these spots where we, want to do, you know, we, we want to do something, we want to hit a goal, but the reality of if I do try this and it doesn't work as fast as I think, I would rather stop and have a reason that I stopped an excuse that I stopped than not get to where I thought I would be. And and who knows where this Mm -hmm. stuff actually happens. But I think that's the thing when you can somewhat trick yourself into being like, it's not such a big deal. I just got to show up. Like, honestly, I'm not a morning person. When I go to the gym at five, I come back and go to sleep. But the fact that I do it changes yeah. me. And so that's that's the thing is I think that sometimes we have to find those things that we can do and we have to just say, I know if I do this for a year, I know if I do it for six months, I'm going to get something good for it, but I'm not going to put the pressure of I've got to lose 30 pounds or I've got to make a million dollars in this amount of time. And you're right. It will absolutely affect the way that you attack it and your consistency with attacking it when you can take that pressure off. And it's crazy, right? But it, and it's just little side steps to the left or right of what we're already doing that make all the difference. And mm-hmm. that- yeah, and as you're as you're saying that, I don't remember exactly what it was you said that that kind of trigger, tripped another light switch for me. Like a lot of times the things that we have the most pressure on ourselves to do are the things that we're actually the most scared of doing as well as we possibly could. Because <laughs> yeah. if you go to a job and you work that job as well as you possibly could every day for an entire career, 
there's a chance you'll eventually you'll end up running the company. Right. And right. then you'd have all kinds of identity and confidence and, and insecurity issues that you would have to contend with. The reality is most people don't want to run the company. So actually by not falling into the most efficient and productive routine at the things that we should be performing at the best, we subtly sabotage ourselves to keep us from progressing too much to getting to a place where we're not comfortable. Whereas who the hell cares if you get really good at bowling? Right. Exactly. It's, you know, it's a, it's sort of this whole thing of, we also get into these things where we know what we're supposed to say we want to accomplish and we don't really want that. We don't really want that. Yeah. So we, yeah, that's it, man. I think that's the key is it's really finding out what you want. And even if it's stupid, like if I want to be the best Halo player of all time, like that's the dumbest thing in the world. But if I wanted it, like there's no pressure on that. And I practice and do it. And so I think that's the thing is it's, it's really starting to decode those things and understanding anything you really want. Don't focus so much on the outcome focus on the ritual. And if you just do that and you can stick with something like that and you think, Hey, can I stick with this for a year? Then you can, you'll get what you want or something maybe even better. So, yeah. Amen. That honestly, partly because we're out of time and partly because that was just it. <laughs> I think that's a note to end on, man. That was, that was a, a really great sort of arrival point for me. I, I appreciate this conversation very much. Back at you. Um, so, uh, doctor, Ben <laughs> yeah. How, uh, how can people go get more of this goodness from you, whether they want your services or they just want more of your insights? You can always find stuff that I'm putting out there that I'm into at serialprogressseeker.com. And I'll make sure you have a link, of course, but uh, serialprogressseeker.com. If you go there, you can kind of hear what I'm up to, what we've got going on and all paths uh, from that site lead to all the other fun stuff that we're doing. So that's out. Yeah, I'm actually checking it out right now. It's a good looking site. Yeah, everybody definitely check that out. I, man, this has just been great. I, I think you're, uh, you know, I can understand why you were successful just being yourself. You're like really an interesting, likable, authentic, value driven person, man. I appreciate you very much. You know, when you screw up enough times, you get to, I think so. <laughs> good. Thanks. I appreciate the conversation. Now, once you've made all the mistakes, you can't make any more mistakes, right? There you go. Right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you again for being a, a wonderful guest on Millionaire Secrets. Thank you to the audience out there. Uh, so much gratitude for you. You guys truly are, whether you're listening on the podcast platforms or watching on YouTube, you're the best part of this show and why we do what we do every day. We're here to serve and we're grateful. We're grateful we have you to serve. We will see you on the next episode. Take care. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entra Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entranation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.